Everybody, present the children. <laughs> no, these are not eggs from another famous dragon franchise that we won't mention. <laughs> Never. <laughs> these are authentic dragon eggs. Okay. From the land of Etheria. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are your three favorite booksellers. My name is Carlos. I'm Rose. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> we will be talking about Of Blood and Fire by Ryan Cahill. Or Ka- Cahill? Cahill. I don't know. Cahill? He's a very Irish man. Born in fire, tempered in blood. Aphiria is a land divided by war and mistrust. The high lords of the South squabble and fight only kept in check by the dragon guard, traitors of a time long past, who serve the empire of the north. In the remote villages of southern Aferia, still reeling from the tragic loss of his brother, Caelan Briar prepares for the proving, a test of courage and skill that not all survive. But when three strangers arrive in the village of Milltown with a secret they are willing to die for, Kalen's world is ripped from under him, and he is thrust headfirst into a war that has been raging for centuries. There is no prophecy. His coming was not foretold. He bleeds like any man, and bleed he will. We're going to start out with some non-spoilers. We're going to do just what we liked and things of that nature. Basically, if someone wants to read it, they can make that decision if they want to still have spoilers or if they want to scamper off and read it on their own and then come back. I feel like a lot of people that I have on Goodreads, as soon as I put currently reading, they were like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. Or even on our Instagram, we're really excited mm. about this. So yeah, so they can watch the beginning of this and then figure out if they want to read it or not. So this is a fantasy, epic fantasy. And Carlos, what did you say the difference was between? The way I see it is they're both high fantasy but epic fantasy encompasses like a larger world with more characters. And then like eventually you see all these characters come together. Like Game of Thrones. <laughs> we said we weren't going to mention it, but I mean, that's like the most <laughs> basic one I can think of. Another successful dragon franchise. <laughs> there might be a throne. There might be a game. We don't know. <laughs> so as someone that loves Brandon Sanderson, I know Brandon Sanderson is kind of like the father of talking about hard and soft magic systems. Would you say that this is like on the softer side? Yes, definitely on the softer side because it's kind of just magic that exists. They don't really explain where it comes from and there's mm-hmm. no like technicality to it as where Brandon Sanderson does that for all his magic systems, at least what I've read. So yeah, I would say definitely on the softer side. It's kind of just there and it's like, it's part of the world. Yeah, Rose, is this your first epic fantasy? Yes, it oh, was. Wait, that's so exciting. <laughs> that's why I was staying quiet. I was like, I have no input because the first 40% of this book, I was Confucian, okay? I was yeah. Confucian. I mean, usually with high fantasies, that's how it is. It's like you're just going along with it until eventually it makes sense. Okay, because I was like, oh my gosh. Am I dumb? Like, why? <laughs> why don't I understand? Not the self-realization. Oh, God. I'm over here like, am I supposed to know what that creature is? Am I supposed to know this? 
because they were just saying these words so casually and I was like would any other fantasy reader know this so I was googling quite a bit oh legends and lattes was high fantasy for me but Mm -hmm. this was this was extra I originally started this book, um, I was coming back from Arizona, so I was on like a road trip, and I started the audiobook. No, 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 no. That was a big mistake, because it was just so much. Like, I loved the narration, I loved all that stuff, but it was just way too much information and world building for me to just jump into it without like, I don't know. For me, it makes such a difference when I read something, like actually with my eyes, (laughs) than Mm -hmm. like my ears. I loved the beginning. I loved the medieval town feel. I love right off the bat that you meet Fainir. Oh, so cute. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely nothing new. Like, we've definitely seen all these tropes before, but it definitely felt more modern and like very refreshing. I have not loved a chosen one trope since like Harry Potter, you know? And at first, when I realized that this was kind of the same like chosen one type thing, I was hesitant. I feel like this wasn't a chosen one trope. No? I feel like usually with chosen one tropes, there's a prophecy that Mm. says that there's going to be a chosen one. And there was no prophecy in this. But I can see why like you would say that. Maybe like chosen one adjacent because it's the main character that like is sort of chosen to be this like special otherworldly thing rather than just human right this book has predominantly one pov i would say like 90 percent of it is through kaylin uh his point of view we get a little bit through his sister ella and we get a little bit through wrist yeah one of his friends one of his little besties for the resty and then a little bit from the villain are we not gonna name him we shouldn't name him we should no not yet no got it I'm so bad with not spoiling anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> this time I actually don't even remember his name. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Wait, Rose, I have to talk about how you are fresh off reading this book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has been a marathon of a day. Um, last night I did. I read to like page 50, but I was so tired. I could not. So this morning I was like, okay. It's crunch time. I've got this. So I did. I had the audiobook, but like you said, Lauren, I physically, I could not because <laughs> just listening by itself without having the words in front of me, I was like, you get lost in the sauce. Yeah, it's a lot of info, especially with the names that they're so like unique. So yes. I feel like when you listen to them, you you don't know what they're saying. Exactly. Or like even... Towards the middle, I feel like some of the names are even similar too. Yeah. And I was like, who are they talking about? So I had to, I did have the audio going, but like I also had my iPad with me. I was just walking around the house while I did laundry with my iPad. (laughs) I was in a frenzy, but I got it done and it's all up here. I got it. Didn't even take any notes. I didn't highlight anything. Oh my God. That. I'm raw dogging the episode. Ew. (laughs) Cut that off. Cut that off. Editing Lauren, cut it out. (laughs) She is raw dragoning this episode. (laughs) Raw dragoning. Quite literally winging it. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. (laughs) You made it worse. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, main characters. Our main group, Dan, Rist, and Kaylin. Uh, Mm. They have to go into the proving. 
to prove that they're men and they have to spend a whole night without getting eaten. Right? It's only one night. I thought it was like four. It was just one. It's it's like three or four. And then you have just within Kalen's family, his sister Ella, his dad Vars, his mom Freyus, and dearly departed brother Hain. I do want to say that was very unexpected. I was not expecting that from this this book. Just like in the beginning to have the proving. I feel like it's so random, but like I liked it. I liked that it was so early on because they made it seem like this was going to be kind of like the main event from this book. And absolutely not. Everything else just blows the proving right out of the water. Mm -hmm. It's just it's crazy. A couple of reviewers for this book were trying to say that this was trying to be like YA because it was about kids, essentially. That's so dumb. They're like 20. Yeah, even then, I feel like that's such a dumb thing to say. Because a lot of adult books have like younger main characters. Exactly. Just because they're kids, it doesn't have to make it a kid's book. I think it all depends on the themes that are discussed. I feel like that's what makes it like YA or adult. I feel like this did not read YA though. I I don't think so. It was definitely not like a dark fantasy it had dark aspects to it like there were some scenes that were definitely dark but just because something isn't like super gory or super explicit that doesn't mean that it's not an adult book i don't know right i feel like we should end the non-spoiler and then just Just let it out i mean overall i think if you're looking for like just a good modern high fantasy this this is like a good place to start modern being a keyword because I feel like people are going to hear oh it's like Lord of the Rings well I thought Lord of the Rings was so boring or like oh I thought it you know I tried to get into Game of Thrones but it was too much for me like I think that this is a perfect I mean Rose is the perfect subject I know she is not (laughs) someone that normally would read epic fantasy high fantasy whatever but she already was on to the next book I loved it so I feel like if you're Even if you're a beginner to fantasy, I say this is still a good book. And it was easy to read, even though there were so many like of the names and the world building. You will be confused a little bit, but you will get it. And there is a glossary. Oh, yes, there is a glossary. Do it for the eggs. Are we going to introduce our children? I mean, our our bonded. (laughs) Our bonded. We we are the drawlades. Jaw laid. Is their bond more of like a parental bond or is it like a brotherly? I think it's just like a, like they're just one soul. Yeah, you're one. You're each other. Yeah, they share a soul. I want that. All right, guys. I would like to introduce you to Shigo of the Emerald <coughs> Code. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I told you it was good. <laughs> oh, my damn. Not Shigo. <laughs> I told you, it was perfect. Is that not the best name ever? It is. Carlos? Well, I don't know. Mine is kind of whack. I just used part of my last name. <laughs> so it's... That is whack. Raynor. Cute. That's cute. Love Raynor. All right, guys. This is Ron Stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> that is Rufus. <laughs> Actually, the original name was Three Racha. What? Lauren, please. <laughs> Not Three Racha. <laughs> I'm fucking Drink dead. kids everywhere all around the world. <laughs>
I feel like green is a basic dragon color. I feel like red is a basic dragon color. Yeah, like the lady from Shrek, donkey's wife. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of the things that this book did really, really well, specifically Ryan's writing, I feel like when writers create big worlds, it can be very hard for me to envision such a vast space in my head. This is going to sound crazy. Whatever scene they're setting, I can envision pretty well, but then everything around it would just be like white, like a blank page almost, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like when I was reading Ryan Cahill's book and it was almost like I was reading it from Kaylin's perspective and like when his head would turn, I would still like see the world behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I have an acid trip? I don't know. But <laughs> possibly. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I feel that same thing where I'm reading a book and they don't describe what the world looks like or even just like the room that they're in. Yours is white. Mine's just like black. It's like they're in the void. When I read like that, it gets auto-filled by like past things that I've seen. Damn. So other authors are picking up the slack for those bad scenes that you're reading. Yeah. No, no. literally. Yeah. (laughs) That's wild. Can I tell you guys what I was picturing when they were doing the proving? What? Has anybody here read or seen Demon Slayer? (laughs) Yeah, me. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was picturing whenever they're like their whole thing to become a Demon Slayer, they have to stay in that forest and like fight. That's what I was picturing. Okay. I can see that. Okay. So... We start out this book with a man having to be sworn into the Brotherhood. Oh, yeah, the, the prologue. prologue. Uh-huh. And you see that it's after like a crazy attack. He's the last person alive. Basically, the person that's saving this dying man is like, okay, you have to renounce everything that you know, and you have to pledge yourself to the order. And the person's like, yep, you got it then starts chapter one. I thought it was interesting to start the book like that. I wonder like when this person is going to be coming back in. And I kind of forgot about him. Are, are you good, Rose? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just literally forgot about this entire part until right now. So. Yeah, I didn't remember until Lauren mentioned it. But also, I was just thinking to name another book. <laughs> the Way of Kings <laughs> also starts with like this huge battle. And it's like four pages and then it goes to 5,000 or like 500 years later or something. And then you completely forget about it, I feel like, as you're reading. So I like when books do that. It's really cool. And then they bring it back later, like maybe the second or third book. Yeah. Yeah, because I love having like, especially when you finish a book, when you have that like, oh, my God, was that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a moment. Yeah, definitely had that with this one. So um who who's y'all's bias out of uh our three men (laughs) i thought you'd never ask (laughs) because oh damn oh i was gonna say wrist i was gonna say wrist too (laughs) listen i know when to not set myself up for failure and you know what wrist Mm. started out as my bias but i know that they're gonna brainwash this man oh i know he's gonna get brainwashed But I feel like towards the end, he's going to he's going to like switch back. I feel like he's going to have a, yeah, he's going to have a redemption moment. For sure. There's no way. I also, ugh, even though he was not a part of the mains, Rhett, oh, I loved him. Yo, that was so sad. I kept switching between the audiobook and like physical reading and me, 
washing the dishes. Rhett just gets fucking sliced. And I literally went, what? I know Ella's yeah, like, don't don't leave me, Rhett. And I'm like, oh my gosh. He was so sweet too. He was like starving was so that she can go shopping. I was like, no. I'm like, Ryan, take notes. What? Skip a few meals. And again, yeah, like you said, such a small character. Big heart. Big, oh, yeah. such a big heart. The way he loved her, he was willing to just leave everything to be with her. Oh, can you believe? So sad. A lot of characters died. So many. I loved it though. No one was safe. Vars. That was sad. Yo, that, was that was so, so sad. sad. Not Daddy Vars. Do we think the mom's like dead, dead? I think she is. I think she's dead. She got yeeted into a wall, but like we didn't really see the body, you know? But didn't like the house gets like there was a fire Burnt down. or something? Yeah. But they also thought that Fainir was in there, I thought. And Fainir came to Ella's savior. And well, and nobody knew that Ella wasn't there. So Caitlin still thinks that she's dead, that Ella's dead. And Ella thinks everybody's alive. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh. Yo, I actually have this quote. She's like, I can't wait for dad to yeah. like see. I'm like, oh my God, girl. Girl, he can't see from the ground. He can't. Oh, she was like, by the gods, she missed her mother. It had only been a few days, but she felt it already. She knew it might be years before she saw any of them again. And I just wrote crying with Ella. So sad. Every time it would switch between Ella and Caitlyn and they would be in such close proximity. I was like, come on, guys, just meet up. Just meet up. Yeah, they were like in the same town at one point. Get your homie. They never met up again. And I'm wondering if Ella is ever going to reunite with that guard or knight or whoever that saved her in that village. Because you remember when Rhett was like, I don't want you like walking around at night, but she like did it anyway. And then mm-hmm. two guys were like, hey, you look lonely. And she was like, ew. <laughs> and they were like, let me touch you. And she was like, ew. <laughs> and then that knight was like, don't touch her. Oh, my God. Is that your bias? <laughs> <laughs> He's my bias wrecker. No. Um, <laughs> Dan. I love Dan. Dan is hilarious. I Dan do like it, Yeah, Dan. Dan is funny. And the fact that his name is Dan. Why? With two N's. Okay. My arrow slinging king. All he wants is mead and to hit on women. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the simple things for Dan. This is right after reading The Proving. I said... Wrist is my bias. Reading and drinking mead instead of flirting. And magical. Swoon. Swoon. (laughs) Were you guys shocked that Wrist had powers? I was. Because, well, first of all, I didn't even read the synopsis of this book at all. So I didn't even know. All I knew was that there was going to be a dragon. And I was just waiting for that. It took a while. It did. It took so long. I'm like, where the heck is this dragon? It even took a while for them to get to the egg, like to reveal the Mm -hmm. egg. And so when it was like, he felt this fire in his chest, I was like, is Wrist the dragon? Like, what is happening? I think during that part, I literally just wrote firebender, question mark. Oh my gosh. Literally. Who originally comes to get Kaylin and the Friendos? It's Well, it's when they're at Milltown, right? Yes. Because the incident happens. Kaylin accidentally kills one of the guards and then they flee together. Oopsies. What are the Ace and Sons names? Dalin and Eric. Eric is the one that they meet immediately. And then Dalin is the other son that they meet later. Who like basically loses wrist 
and everybody's mad at him. Eric was more like the easygoing, like fun one. Ooh, could we talk about Theron? I love him. just like the introduction of him telling that story. I was like, ooh, I love this story. <laughs> I thought he was just going to be a side character, which I mean, he was, but he was like pretty in there. He had history with Vars. They were friends. Which I need to know more about. The sword that he gives to Kaelin was his. Originally, when they were talking about how Theron comes to the town and, you know, tells the lore and stuff like that, I was totally picturing him as like some old scraggly elf. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Like he's hot. He's like supposed to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. Here for it. But I kept mixing up Aeson and Aeseus. Aeseus. Yeah. The giant. And each time that I was reading their names, I was like, which one is this? And that's when I like figured out that it's kind of inspired by Norse mythology because they use Jotnar and those are the giants in Norse mythology, as well as the wolf's name is Fenir. And in Norse mythology, there's Fenrir. But also with the dragon's name, they were using like Valeris, which is more like European. So I don't know what they were doing with that, but I liked it. I loved this dragon, though, like the white scales, the lavender eyes. Oh, my God. So sick. sick. So sick. I love the dragon. He grew up so fast. Yeah, but it started out like this little puppy dragon. I was like, I love you. I will die for you. He would just sleep all day. His little awkward like toddler moments where he was like not small anymore, but wasn't like huge. He was just like literally a dog sized dragon. I loved it. Oh my gosh. I loved the pacing. It was slow, but it wasn't a boring slow. Yes, it took a long time to get from point A to B, but... It made sense. He kept it interesting. I just, all the banter and stuff between all the characters, the training sessions, like that's why it's more believable that Kaylin like can fight because he's been practicing so much and you like have to see that. I was like never bored. Yeah. And like you said, even during the slow parts, I feel like we were learning a lot about the past, like with the war and the characters and like their history. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it was, it was like a productive slow because we were learning about a lot about the world. The main plot, like the whole big picture, like that was slow. But I feel like there were like a bunch of little events that happened that kept me interested, especially for my marathon today. Like I was never bored. Like I never wanted to put the book down at any point. Seeing your text updates was so funny because literally yesterday you were on page 15. It took a while because I was going to wake up early at like five to read it. My alarm went off and I was like, nope. So I woke up at eight and I started reading at eight and then I finished. I made it through, but it was so fun. It was great. I loved it. It was so good. It was so good. I will continue the series. I'm glad it was because of me that you read your first Thai fantasy book. Yes. Thank you. Ooh, can we talk about Asin being a Rakina? That was crazy. That was bananas. Rakina is one who is broken, or in the elven dialect, one who survived. When a dragon or their Drale dies, the other earns the title of Rakina. So basically, when you lose your other half. I was shocked. That just made it more emotional, because it's like, he really is so strong. Like, he's Mm -hmm. still a badass. You don't look at him any differently, except for, like, you know that he suffered this horrible loss. Yeah, it's like a part of you is gone. I did enjoy feeling sad in this book because it happened a lot. Oh, ew. The bullies, Curtis Sweat and Fritz Netley. Ew, Fritz, oh, yeah, I hate Fritz. him. Ugh. Curtis and Fritz sucked. Ew. 
Because who was the one that ended up turning them in in the end to Farda? It was, it was Fritz. Fritz. And they said that he had he has the potential to become an inquisitor. I want to punch his dumb face. He's gonna be he's gonna be a main villain soon, I believe. Oh, I hate him. Speaking of villains, Farda and Oh the Fade. Yeah, I really like them as villains, but I definitely think there's gonna be like a bigger villain, like a Thanos. A thousand percent. Do we think that Wrist is gonna we do. We think that he's gonna turn into a villain. There's no way he won't, Rose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like he will, but he's going to be conflicted. Like, I don't think he's just going to be a villain just out of nowhere. Yeah. He's going to finally meet Dan and Kaylin again. And Dan and Kaylin are going to be freaking out like, oh, my God, did they hurt you? These are the bad guys. And Rist is going to be like, but they were nothing but like pretty much nice to me. And they taught Mm -hmm. me a bunch of stuff. And so that'll be the conflict. He's like, do I go with what my besties are saying or do I go with, you know, the people that fed me, clothed me, taught me how to be a mage, etc. Yeah. Oh, I just got to a part of my notes where Rhett is like being so nice. Fuck. Okay, I have a question. How did you guys picture like when they connect with the spark? Because even as I was reading and they were describing making connections with whatever threads, I was like, what is this? Demon Slayer? Like I... All I can picture, and I was like, that, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> so somebody explain this to me, please. I think it's more of like a metaphorical thread. I don't think you're supposed to like physically see threading. I actually like physically <laughs> saw the thread. <laughs> okay. Kayla's well. just like knitting in his head. He's making a fucking blanket, I guess. In my head... It was like all black and he would just see the threads in front of him and like pick them out. Can all of them use every element? I was also confused about that. Somebody explain the magic system in this book. Like I said, it's a soft magic system. So there's not really that much of an explanation. It kind of just is. In book two, we're going to get a lot more of Wrist's point of view. And because I mean, he's he's also learning how to be a mage. So... I think that while he's learning, we're going to find out a lot about what it is that they can do through him. One of the things I think this book could have done better is have more uh, different POV moments. Like if, mm. if we would have seen more from Farda's POV or Wrist, I feel like it would have made mm-hmm. it more interesting, which I'm pretty sure happens more in the second book. Yeah, because we didn't get a lot of Wrist like after he was kidnapped until way later, like way yeah. towards the end. And it was just one little scene. I think that might have been on purpose though. I think it might have been- To make it like mysterious. Just some like foreshadowing. Both mysterious, but also just to get you like super connected with Kaylin and Dan. And it like okay. really makes you see how they're getting along, not necessarily to say without wrist, but like mm-hmm. to see how they're still like, they've got their brotherly bond, like they're still in it together. And it just, I think is more of like a metaphor for how isolated wrist really is. They feel his absence, but mm-hmm. like it's still sort of like an out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing. Like they're still going on with their lives and their journey. Also, can we talk about how they went back? Usually when <laughs> stories like this happen, like shit goes down and then they just leave and then they never see their parents again. But I like that they went back. Parents immediately dead. <laughs> Freya's thrown into a wall. <laughs> that was wild. Vars, a kebab. It was 
awful. Oh my gosh, not the kebab. Oh, he was such a good dad. What did you guys think about the Jotnar? The the giant, correct? Aceus and his son, I think, right? He had a son? Or am I tripping? Did he? I thought he was the only giant. No, there was like there was like a little group of them. Yeah, there just aren't that many left. But they were like hidden, but there was like a little group. I hope they have a big come up. Those giants. Me too. I liked Aceus when he pulled out the soul blade the first time you meet him. Mm-hmm. That was sick. I kind of pictured him like Billy from Adventure Time. This is <laughs> yes but there's when he's younger when he's younger oh okay this yes but <laughs> there's a picture of him like holding his sword up and he looks cool okay i am i guess just like a blue giant i forget what is their hometown called the glade milltown is the town like over where they go to celebrate winning the proving i love the fact that they won even after fritz and them took the bear pelt or whatever from them the fact that they won even though all they came back with was the urak head urak how do you say that carlos urak i was very happy for them and i like that they believed them when they said that like fritz came and like sabotaged them basically they know that curtis and fritz are little dickheads oh, he's gonna become an inquisitor and he's gonna be so annoying i can already see it i'm gonna hate him so much because he's so arrogant too like oh the lorian empire that is who is ruling them now correct yes so each province has a different high lord isn't it like the south is separated from the north and the north is like where all the the dragon knights are and they don't really come into the south because it's separated by the dark wood and they were saying that people don't really cross it. So they have to go like they have to take the ship up and down to the south and north. Because is is the glade in the north or the south? It's in the west. Yeah, dang. So they really travel like so far. They make it right near Barona. Do they get near Barona? They make it here to director. Aeson sends one of his sons. Remember? Because he's like, they were on their way to Barona, but then yeah. the son goes and he comes back and he's like, no, they're already like pretty much waiting for us there. So we can't go there. Because Beldwar, it's the only city of men that is not under the dominion of the Lorian Empire. Instead, it has its own king, King Arthur. R.I.P. Oh, okay. How do we feel about King Arthur's son, though? Damon. I don't know. We didn't really get much from him. It was kind of random. But the way that they were talking about him, I don't know who it was at the end, but they were like, just know like King Arthur, he was a great guy. You don't know his son. Did he plot to get his dad killed? Is he in on this? Yeah, I'm nervous about the son. I'm nervous about the son because I feel like it was definite foreshadowing. Like the fact that they had to mention like, yeah, King Arthur, he was good, but his son, we're not. We're not sure. And I'm interested to see like what he does as king too. I feel like he's going to be making some type of deals and I don't know. I'm scared. What did you guys think of the dwarven hold? I love the dwarves. <laughs> they, I think it's one queen, but she has like a council. Wasn't there a couple of them or was it just one queen? And then like, and they all rule like a different part of the city, right? I believe because they all have different flags. I didn't love her at first. Was it her that like when the whole all the fight was breaking out and everything that <laughs> the boobies? Yeah, Caitlin saw her naked, but he looked away. Not her verhinky doodle, and she was like, "Ugh, be mature." <laughs> He's still like looking at the ground. She was like, "Be a man. Look at my tits." And he was like, <laughs> "Be a man." That was hilarious. I was just like, "Oh, okay." 
But she was a bad bitch when she was fighting and swinging her axe. That was crazy. That's when I started to like her. She was just chopping heads left and right. Yeah, she was such a badass because she was even like fighting them all naked and stuff. I know. She had no clothes on. She was just killing people. The fight scene just went by like so fast. I almost feel like I want to read that part again. I feel like I wanted it to be more graphic. More blood? More blood. I wanted more detail, like, of how people were getting killed, where their guts out. Like, tell me. I think there was, like, somebody crawling on the floor with, like, their insides. Their innards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part, I was like, whoa. I wanted more of that. Well, and they also described the the stone floor as being like soaked in blood when they enter the the throne room and it's like all dark and then when they fight fade yeah but was that like were there a bunch of corpses around i think it was just the fade king arthur dead and then Damon. he was like hanging right king arthur he was like in midair no that was the sun yeah king arthur was on his throne oh and the throne with his heart ripped out i remember he had a hole somebody punched it <gasps> Yeah. Yep. Just like, Just that. like that. That's yeah. how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> when also we learned that the only way to kill a fade is with dragon fire, or at least that's what it seemed like. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Because the whole time I was like, "Damn, they're stabbing him. They're trying. Like nothing is happening." And finally, Valeris came king. through. My king. Yes. Ugh. I love Valeris. I love Valeris so much. It described Kaylin. Using like all that he had left, you know, trying to connect with Valerius. I was just like, I want that. I want that connection. And nearly killing himself. Yeah. Because he was like taking in so much power. And Theron was like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Theron was the one teaching him magic. I also totally forgot that the whole reason why Ella and Rhett were running away to Barona in the first place was because Vars, Kaylin's dad, hates Rhett. Because he thinks that he's like part of the reason why Haim is dead. True. Because he was a part of that group, right? That went out. Yeah. And also, wasn't Fritz related to Rhett? Oh, it wasn't. Okay, it was Taryn. Taryn had seemed to become even colder when Fritz's two brothers died. They died with Haim, uh, pushing the Urex back through Ulm and into Wolf Pine Ridge. In a different world, it might have been... It might have brought Fritz and Kaylin together, but that world was not this one. But instead, Fritz became evil. There, I have a part highlighted at 11% in. Ah, he's talking with Erdhart, arranging everything for the festivities. Extra mead from Milltown, some fish from Psalm, and I've heard rumors that Thorvin might be arriving with his light sticks. And I was like, oh, stays or army? Because of the light sticks? <laughs> Um, I'm gonna log off now (laughs) it was so great talking to you guys Uh, lord please no (laughs) what'd you guys rate the book I rated it a 4.5 I rated it a 4 solid 4 I gave it a 4.5 but I rounded it up to 5 because I was like I'm obsessed so yeah that's why I feel like I couldn't give this one a 5 because I feel like it has it has so much potential. It did feel very like scraping the surface, but in a good way. I was so excited to read the second one. <laughs> I also loved this little part where it says, um, the bards always talk about the circle of magi in the north, even the ones who call the order traitors. Are they all lying? I'm like, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> did you guys have a favorite quote? I feel like there was a lot of good quotes. 
Yes, I did have a favorite quote. Let me find it. I also have one. Watch us pick the same one. I feel like we are going to have the same one. Mine is at the 90% mark, and it says, That's where prophecies belong, Kaylin, in stories and fairy tales. Prophecies and fate are words that are used by kings and queens to send young men and women to their death with smiles on their faces, dreaming of becoming heroes. Fate is fluid. Your destiny is in your own hands. Nobody else's. That was exactly the one that I picked too. <laughs> yep, that's King Arthur. It's so good. I think I found it. If death could be beautiful, this was as close as it could come. And then he goes on. He's like, death could not be beautiful. And he keeps like repeating that to himself and thinking it. And then he's like, sometimes it's necessary. It's like getting me in my feels. Even though this was just the beginning of the character's development, I felt like Kaylin went through a lot of change. Yeah, I feel like they definitely got a lot of development. I mean, Ella goes through a ton of stuff. She has to become this strong woman. I mean, she is a strong woman because she's like leaving home to be with the love of her life. Yeah, now the love of her life is dead and she's still going to continue on. I just, oh, I'm excited. I hope that she gets more development and like she becomes like badass warrior. I'm scared for her because she's in a boat with Farda. Is that who that was? Yes. He flipped the coin. I literally got chills when it was like, I think I have I have the, the exact quote. I was like, no fucking way, it's far. Wait, enough. guys, should I reread this again? This is don't speed read. Anybody at home, don't speed read because I missed that. The whole time I was like, this hat this stranger has to be important. This like dark, mysterious stranger, he has to be important. It says he stopped only for a moment to pull a coin from his pocket. Toss it up into the air and slip it back into its place after checking the results of the toss. And like he's the one that we've known to be flipping coins. Yes, you're so right. You're Crazy. so right. Such a good like ending. I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. Oh my gosh. And the part right after Rhett dies and Fainir comes in and saves her. That was so sick. She pulled Fainir in close. His warmth comforted her as she sobbed uncontrollably. My eyes started watering just like at that entire sequence. I was just like, they really just killed him. This is why characters need to die in books. They do and not come back to life. Like we don't need that trope. I don't like a revival. Sometimes sometimes I do, but I don't need it. But sometimes. But sometimes. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and the ending was also kind of wild over with Kaylin and the king because they're getting attacked right at the very end who's getting attacked so a soldier comes in into the throne room i think after he gets crowned oh, after mm-hmm. daemon gets crowned and he says my king i bring urgent news the empire's blockade has been lifted daemon smiled for the first time since Ar- arthur's death but the soldier's brow furrowed tarman what is it they move towards the city my king the dragon guard are with them wait why did daemon smile foreshadow interesting smiled for the first time since arthur's death i just wrote ah shit he's gonna be the villain he's gonna be it was kind of explained a little bit short and sweet kind of why the world was in the state that it was in veril i believe was the elf that was explaining it to kaylin the troubles of men and dwarves do not belong to them 
The empire was born from human arrogance, and the blight on these lands is not to do with the elves. And what do you believe? Veyrol pondered for a moment. There was a softness in his eyes beyond his serious expression. That this world is all of our responsibility. That all races were involved in the fall. We occupied the Aravel to act as a wall between Loria and the rest of Aferia. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what the fall is about. Because everyone essentially is like, this is not my problem. Now, finally, Kaylin's presence as the first draw lead to not be associated with the Lorian Empire. He is like the beacon of hope. I love a good rebellion. Is there insight into how many books this is going to be? I don't know. Because right now he's on his third book and he's writing the third novella. Okay. So I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Oh my gosh. And Dan being such an annoying little baby when they're like on their journey and he just won't stop talking and asking Theron questions and like making bad <laughs> jokes. You. Or how he's always bringing up that he saw a, uni- uh, a horse with a horn. Horse with a horn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I did see that, guys. <laughs> I need that to come up in oh, yeah, one of the future books. Sure. They have to. They're gonna. Yeah, I need them to be like saved by a unicorn and have Dan just give them like a shit-eating grin like, see, I told you guys. I also feel like I need to reread this, but like take my time because... <laughs> you mean don't give yourself eight hours <laughs> <laughs> yes. to finish? Maybe after I read The Fall, I'll reread this. I need to go back and slow down. Oh, can I say my spoiler now? Oh, yes. I'm, I need to know I'm dying. So spoiler for book two, just <gasps> in case people Ooh. are listening who have not read it. Spoiler for book two. So I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, the prologue, where we see our dying man and he takes the oath uh, to be inducted into the order. And I was like, I know who this is and so i ended up asking someone that's already read the book and they had the worst poker face in the world so i know that my inference is correct it is kaylin's brother (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) yo that's gonna be crazy (laughs) that makes so much sense Yeah. yeah it's hame because that whole fight is when the urax are coming into the glade and then they stop them. That's crazy. I'm so excited. So does that mean he's evil now because he's part of the Dragon Guard, right? Is that what he became? Maybe he will just be like Wrist and have had to be brainwashed into their little crew, but oh, so good. That had a great quote too. Did you reread that? It was, one should not simply wish to live. They should wish to live in a way that they deem to be right. Ooh. Love that. The sigil of, how do you say that word? A Chiron? That's in the fall. Stop flexing that you guys have already started the fall. I have not yet. Carlos, I think he's already read it. But I don't I don't know what he becomes. I don't think it's a dragon guard. There's no way he can just like be bounded to a dragon. You take the sigil of a Chiron. And you, so you just become like a knight? 
like a part of their brotherhood or whatever i'm guessing because they call each other brother and sister all the sigil bearers have been found the knights have been restored and before the blood moon so i feel like this is something completely different before the blood moon do we see the blood moon at the end of this one wait yes i'm pretty sure that everything goes dark because there's like an eclipse and that's what they yeah. refer to as the blood moon <gasps> what so something's happening with Haim during this time, I'm guessing. Holy shit. So good. I love fantasy. I'm so happy we <laughs> finally covered a fantasy book. Carlos has been dying on I all have, of our episodes. I really have. <laughs> and I was telling Carlos, part of the reason why I feel like maybe Freyus, the mom, might still be alive is at the very beginning, they kind of put this title to her that she's kind of like the medicine lady of the town, that she's a healer. And there's one quote, I forget who says it, but something about how she knows medicine that has brought someone back from the brink of death. Oh. That's obviously out of the question for Vars because he was a kebab. There's no oh, coming back dead. from that. Rest <laughs> in peace. Rest in peace. But Freyus, like she got knocked out, whatever. Maybe she crawled out herself or Fainir dragged her out of the house before it collapsed into flames whatever and maybe she like healed herself i don't know i just i have maybe the littlest tiny bit of an inkling that she could still be alive i could be completely wrong but at least all the sibs are still alive so far do you think maybe she taught ella how to heal and ella's gonna be like the like a healer as well i think that would be interesting to see i hope so i feel like i don't know enough about ella yet yeah. But why do I feel like, speaking of biases, I feel like Haim is going to be my new one. What is that called? Yeah, bias. But no, bias wrecker. He's my bias wrecker. Oh, oh yeah, because Wrist is okay. your main. Yeah, he's my main. My bias wrecker is Theron. Oh, the elf? Yeah. <laughs> we love an older man. I like the the elf that was protecting Kaylin out of like the group that was protecting him. There was one that died. He was so badass. The one that was helping him the most with like his training. Because yeah. at one point he was like, okay, you're going to start sparring with me. Because he was like a really good fighter. Yeah, the, the scene at the end where he like mows through a ton of people. But watching Elisar, he understood there was an elegance to the way he moved. If death could be beautiful, this was as close as it would come. And then he died. All I'm saying is if I die and it's not beautiful, forget about me. What? <laughs> if I have an ugly death, put me in an unnamed grave. I love how at the end, they tied everything together with... You know how it started with Kaylin listening to Theron's stories and like his legends. And at the end, he became the legend himself. There was a quote that says, The newly crowned king standing side by side with the king and queens of the Dwarven Freehold and a draw laid. It would be like one of Theron's stories. I was like, oh, he became a legend. I just, it's so good when they tie it together to the beginning. Oh, yes. What did you guys think of the word like a dicycle? I... <laughs> Like a tricycle. <laughs> like, like, like a like a He used it twice and it like stood out because I had never seen that word in my life. Oh wait, that's a real word? Yeah. Yeah, it was used in the book twice. Yo, not me looking through the glossary being like, what what made up shit is this? <laughs> <laughs> is that in the old tongue or <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yo, am I illiterate? 
No, I literally <laughs> saw it and I was like, what the fuck did I just read? It means like lazy. You guys have said it 10 times and I still couldn't repeat it right now. <laughs> yeah, that word I'll never say. <laughs> Laxative bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Writes. You can find me at Kingdom of Books. And you can find me on Instagram at Flower Reads A Lot and our podcast at Control Your Shelf underscore pod. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye. Ending fairy. What does that mean? Ending fairy? Do something cute, Rose. God. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is that cute? So cute.